Start your engines! Bring them up, gang. Bring them up. Here we go. History in the making. Green, green, green. <laughs> it's time to kick off 2023 with a great American race. Will it be a blue oval show again this year? Hi, this is Brett McMillan. You're listening to the Rally Auto Parts Pit Reporters. With me this week, Pete Bastoni from Sirius NASCAR Radio and Tom Jensen from the NASCAR Hall of Fame. It's the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters on the Performance Racing Network. Presented by O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people. Now, here's your host, Brett McMillan. Hey, welcome to the show. Glad to have Tom and Pete here as well. And Pete, you know, I know you probably have a calendar just like Larry Mack does, count down the days to Daytona, because your morning show is about to get a lot easier. Yes, there's things to talk about. Although I got to say, guys, <laughs> this was a very, I felt a fast off season. It felt like the new cycle was pretty quick, but once we got past the Super Bowl like we did last week, all of us ready to get to Daytona and kick off 2023 this weekend. And this is going to be an interesting season, Tom. I mean, you think about what we came off of last year with the next gen car, didn't know what to expect. 19 different winners. I, you know, it's been, we've been asked a lot of people the over and under. We got a couple of people think it could be over this year. I would be shocked if it's over. I'm, I'm thinking it's more like 14 or 15, but you never know. I mean, there's no question the next gen car has equalized competition and brought the mid level teams closer to the top level teams. So it's going to be interesting to, to see what happens. Are we going to get as many new first time winners as we did last year? And if so, who, who are they? So, you know, we always, there's always a great sense of anticipation this time of year about what are we going to learn? What are we going to see? And of course I have to give the disclaimer, what happens at Daytona is not indicative of what happens the rest of the season, but it's still going to be interesting. Yeah, it really is. You know, and I know Pete, we, you guys have been talking a lot about it on the show and we've talked about it on this show, you know, the over and under 19 different winners. But the thing is you start, you start, okay. Yeah. And I tend to agree with Tom. I think we'll get back down to a more normal count, like 13, 14, 15. But then you start thinking about the guys that didn't win last year. You start going, okay, you know, Truex didn't win last year. Blaney didn't win last year. Kozlowski didn't win last year. So you, if you start thinking, okay, those guys could win, but who are you going to take off the list that won last year? You know, and we know Kurt Busch is off the list, but you know, you think like Eric Jones is considered up and coming and that team could be turning things around with Jimmy Johnson in there now. I mean, it's taking guys off the list gets even harder. You're right. And it's interesting, Brett, that you brought up the legacy motor club, which again was used to be petty GMS. I feel like a lot of the fans feel like that's the team that they feel could be sort of the track house of 2023 that because to Tom's point, that next gen cup car, I still think there's a lot of variables out there. I think some of the bigger teams are going to flex their muscles. It's funny, right? 19 winners, but yet Chase Elliott still won five times last year. I mean, that's a lot of wins, but I, I think you're right. But for sure, I, I would really be shocked if we go through another season and Ryan Blaney and Martin Truex Jr. Both have goose eggs next to their names in the win column. I got to believe they're going to get to victory lane. And then you start looking at some of those other teams like track house, you could see more guys that we didn't see win last year. But then to your point, who do you think is not going to win more this coming season? That's why I think this year is going to be almost as much fun as it was a year ago, not knowing what to expect. You know, we go down to Daytona, and the tradition has been in recent years, Tom, that Hendrick Motorsports wins the pole and maybe even the outside front row, and then Ford wins the race. You know, as you look at this whole thing, this has become a Ford track the last few years. Do we think the same thing's going to happen this year when you got that Roush Yates power there? Uh, Denny Hamlin might have something to say about that. 
you know, he's got three Daytona 500 victories and, and he's always somebody that you have to worry about winning there. But you know, it's, it's just so much happens. We had that last lap crash. It looked like it was going to be, uh, uh, Keselowski and, and Logano or Logano and, and Keselowski last year. And, you know, we have a crash on the last lap and Michael McDowell led half of one lap of the race and he will forever and, and correctly be referred to as a Daytona 500 champion from here on out. So you just don't ever know what's going to happen. And especially when we have late cautions, late restarts, anything is possible. Tom, are you thinking, or Pete, I'm sorry. <laughs> I keep thinking about your uncle. <laughs> yes. Who doesn't? I get doesn't? it, Brett. <laughs> I love that picture you posted a while back of him with scuba gear in his car. Yeah, at Ray Daytona. Lord, he was his nemesis. He didn't want to be in the in the drink when he got to Daytona. Yeah. <laughs> but as you look at this, Pete, and and think about it, I mean, do you agree with Tom that you really can't look at it as a Ford track, even though they've been winning this race so so frequently? I I, it, I see what Tom's saying, but the Fords just work so well together. And you know, the, whether you call it plate racing, tapered space spacer racing, or super speedway racing, guys, I still think there's a there's a talent. I still think there's a skill. And when I look at that four camp, you mentioned Joey Logano. I think he's still the best at this kind of racing. I'm not dismissing Denny Hamlin, and I agree with what Tom said about Hamlin. The problem with Hamlin is he has less help because he's in the Toyota camp, and Toyota just has a smaller footprint out there and guys to work with. So I think the Fords will be you know, a team to watch. But as we saw last year, really and truly anything can happen. Did anybody have Austin Sindrick, who, by the way, if you're going to Bet on Austin Sindrick last year. He was plus 3,300. That's a pretty nice return on the investment there. It's one of those deals where I think really and truly you're going to have to wait to the last handful of laps and see who's out front and see how it all shakes out. I mean, that that's the thing. You know, we always talk about kind of the coin flip and, and the uncertainty that is a Daytona, that is a Talladega. But how many times have we really had, Tom, that real upset winner? The guy you just say, I mean – Michael McDowell, to some extent, was a surprise winner. But on the other hand, he wasn't because of the fact that he he's run really well, you know, he at those tracks. You know, he's had those top ten finishes. He's there a lot. So he was in the right place at the right time, not by happenstance, but because he's good there. I mean, I I go back to maybe Trevor Baines the last time we really had a upset surprise winner that came out of left field. So to Tom, to, to Pete's point. I think you end up with these guys that it is a skill and you end up with the guys who are good at these tracks running up front at the end. Oh, there's no question. It's, it's a skill. Brad Keselowski is a great plate racer. Um, you know, that team hasn't made as much progress as maybe he had hoped. Although, um, uh, won one of the duels last year. Um, so, so he's good. I mean, Jimmy Johnson's coming back. Will he make the race? You got to believe he will. And can he be in there in the mix at the end? It'll be interesting to see whether the legacy motor club guys run with the Hendrick guys. Um, if that, if it comes down to it, I mean, there's, and again, we, we sound like a broken record saying this, but there's so many unknowns. We just, we just got to wait and see what happens. I think they have to run with the Hendrick guys, Pete, because they're, they're Chevy. So that's it's in the contract, right? Yeah, okay, exactly right. When you signed up with that team, you're going to run with the Chevys. But I love the fact, I just love the fact that part of the 
intrigue of this week is going to be we're going to have guys racing their way into the Daytona 500 because we've got more drivers and spaces available, and that's what those dual races have always been about. We haven't really had that in the last few years, but we've got it this year. And you look at a guy like seven-time champion Jimmy Johnson having to do so, I think that just adds to what I think is going to be a pretty good speed week here in 2023. And that's just part of the intrigue. I mean, you talk about, you know, Johnson has very little experience. Well, he has no experience in these cars. Todd Gordon, his crew chief, another a championship-winning crew chief, but he also has no experience with these cars. So, I mean, that's it's a great combination, I think, of driver and crew chief, but no experience with these cars. But you, you just kind of get the feeling with these two guys that they can kind of make something good happen. Well, yeah, of course. The other thing is, this is such an engineering-driven sport now that these guys know the setups before they ever get to the track. You know, it's not like the old days where you'd go to a racetrack and somebody would be in first practice on Friday, be half three quarters of a second off the pace. And by the time they got to happy hour, be in the top two or three, that doesn't happen anymore. You pretty much got what you got when you, when you roll off the truck. And I, I think, uh, I certainly expect them to be competitive and I certainly expect Johnson to make the race. Willie, who knows? But, you know, he could get taken out in a crash in the duels. He could not have enough speed. You know, a million things can happen. But but I think they should make the race. Uh, each week in the Rally Auto Parts Pit Reporters, we give you a chance to go to goprn.com and vote in our poll. And this week's question is, which manufacturer do you think will have the best Daytona? Chevy, Ford, or Toyota? Last week we asked you, can the Clash win Boost Truex Back into championship form. 71% of you thought yes. Wow. Yeah, 29% thought no. All right. Now, when we come back, we're going to find out if these guys think a change of scenery can get Kyle Busch his first Daytona 500. Stay with us. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. O'Reilly Auto Parts provides more than just the right parts for your repair. Our professional parts people can also offer free check engine light diagnosis. We can scan your vehicle and provide a list of possible fixes. Find the right parts for you or recommend a great local repair shop. Don't ignore your check engine light. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. When it comes to maintaining your engine to run at peak performance, trust ZMAX Micro Lubricant. ZMAX soaks into metal and it's so easy to add to your oil or gas to disperse carbon buildup in your engine, fuel system, and transmission. Protect your vehicle's engine to the max with ZMAX. Check us out at ZMAX.com or visit us on Facebook and Twitter to find out more about our full line of products. ZMAX for your car, big rigs, small engines, firearms, and more. That's ZMAX Micro Lubricant, available at your favorite auto parts store. Want to hear one of our past shows? Visit GoPRN.com. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network. Hey, I'm Paul Shadden Charlotte with Kathy Martindale in Nashville on the Performance Racing Network. This is Z-Max Racing Country Classics. Let's head to Charlotte now and join Paul with Chase Elliott. Tell me this, you know, growing up as Bill Elliott's little boy, did you know Rick Hendrick at all? The first time I ever spoke a word to him was when I was about 15 and we were just talking racing. Z-Max Racing Country Classics 
Mike Rowe here with a gentle reminder that civilization is held together by pipes, wires, and cables. It's true. There are over 5 million miles of gas lines, power lines, fiber optic lines, water lines, and sewer lines all buried beneath your feet. And every 60 seconds, somebody digs into one. Look, if you're thinking about digging around, do yourself a favor and call 811 first just to find out what's down there. Trust me, you don't want to find out the hard way. Call or click 811 before you dig and visit safeexcavator.com for more info. Check us out on YouTube at GoPRN Live. Now, more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters with Brett McMillan. And welcome back along with Tom Jensen from the NASCAR Hall of Fame and Pete Pistoni from Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. Brett McMillan, glad to have you with us. And Tom, I asked the question going into the break. Here's Kyle Busch. A lot of folks seem to think like this is going to be a new lease on life for him going to Richard Childress Racing, a team that's very good on the plate, well, what we used to call the plate tracks at, at Daytona, Kyle has never won the 500. I know. You look at the guys who've never won the 500, and it's a pretty amazing list. Tony Stewart never won it. Rusty Wallace never won it. Terry Labonte never won it. it it's a tough race to win. And to me, Kyle Busch is probably the most compelling story of the 2023 preseason. I think he's either going to come out of the gate and be really, really good. Or I think it will not end well. I don't think there's, I don't think he's going to just sort of run. Okay. I think he's going to be great or the team's going to struggle. And I think it's more likely that he will be great, but I, I just don't see the combination of personalities at that team. I don't see that being kind of a middle of the road. Well, we're kind of doing okay. You know, he, he's he's going to have his foot to the floor, and uh, we'll see what happens. As you look at it, Pete, I think the start he got off to at the Coliseum, he ran well at the Coliseum. To me, that to Tom's point, that's an indicator that what I expect to see from Kyle Busch is he's going to come out and run gangbusters. I don't know. How do you feel about it? I feel like well, here's how I feel about the Coliseum. The Coliseum is like you need to have like a good run and just have everyone sort of mesh out there. It's like the guy that leads spring training and home runs, right? doesn't really mean anything when you get to the regular season. But I think in the case of Kyle Busch and Richard Childress Racing, a lot of that chemistry, a lot of that cohesiveness, a lot of all of that stuff, to Tom's point, about him sort of assimilating himself to a new race team, I think that went sounded like really well. We had Andy Petrie on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio this week, and he said it's been like a hand into a glove with Kyle Busch fitting there at Richard Childress Racing. Now, extrapolate some of that to what we're going to see on track at, at Daytona and beyond. Again, I, I'm with Tom. I think this is either going to be all in or all out, and I think it's going to be all in. Guys, he's getting into a race car that won three times last year with Tyler Reddick. He's going to a race team that I think has got that upward trajectory. It's getting back to the prominence that we've seen with Richard Childress racing before. Austin Dillon, his teammate, this goes overlooked, had his best season statistically last year in, in the Cup Series than he's ever had, winning the regular season finale. So I think Kyle Busch, not predicting a championship by any means, but he's certainly going to get, in my opinion, more than the one win he got a year ago when basically the, the, the seas parted and he won the dirt race at Bristol from what happened in front of them with Briscoe and Reddick. And I think you're going to see multiple wins for Kyle Busch in the eight car with Richard Childress Racing this year. Uh, whether it's fair or not, Tom, he and Reddick are going to be compared a lot this year. They didn't swap rides 
But with Reddit going to 2311, which is kind of not really a satellite team from Gibbs, but kind of is, you know, the people are going to be comparing that. And, and you're going to say, hey, Reddick won three times in the eight last year. If Kyle doesn't win three times in the eight, well, clearly he's failing. Yeah, I don't think you have to worry about Kyle failing. I think he'll win more than than three races, and, and I think he'll make a serious run at the championship. You know, the championship now is kind of a crapshoot. Since we've gone to this, you know, Final Four system, it, it isn't necessarily indicative of how you've run all season. Uh, the guy who wins the most races doesn't always win the championship, you know. Uh, you guys both know that. But I think I think the question for Kyle is going to be, at some point this season, that team will have adversity, as all teams do. And how does everybody on the team react? How does Kyle react? How does Richard react? And, you know, if they have one or two bad runs and they just kind of shrug it off, then I think they're going to be awfully tough to beat come later in the year. Pete, are we going to find out this year maybe that the whole mess with Kyle and the sponsorship and, and all that was going on last year was maybe harder on him last year than he let on? I think so. I think if you guys remember the documentary about midseason that they ran last year, and there was some really telling conversations in that documentary with Kyle and his wife, Samantha, it was a bigger deal than I think a lot of us, a lot of the race fans knew. You know, He's been that team from day one. And at the end of it all, it's not because Joe Gibbs Racing didn't want him. It's not because Kyle Busch didn't want to be at Joe Gibbs Racing. It came down to the business of sports and the business of NASCAR and the money and the salary and the sponsorship just didn't come together. So I, I think so. And now he's with a team. And what's odd about this, he's with a team. And it seems like every time I open up my email, there's a new sponsor for the A-team. They've got funding in place for the A-team at Richard Childress Racing. So I don't think Kyle Busch needs any extra motivation, guys. We, I get asked that a lot. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder now to show Joe Gibbs Racing they were wrong to let him go. Kyle Busch doesn't need any of that by any means. And I, I just think that everything kind of coming together with this race team, where it is, the manufacturer he's with, and just Kyle Busch's natural ability and talent, which is still very much in play, I think that's going to add up to a good year for him in 23. Maybe we can get Maya Rudolph to come hang out at his pits at Fontana. <laughs> really make him feel bad right exactly <laughs> what a great spot that was during the super bowl yeah maya rudolph and m&ms uh-huh i think you posted pete yeah they, they dumped kyle bush for that yes <laughs> wait a minute i love maya but come on what about kyle <laughs> oh craziness the the i think maybe the 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 mini surprise that has come out in the last week is that Kyle's going to back and run some of the Xfinity series again, and he's going to do it for colleague. Yeah. Never say never. Yeah. You know, he was, I'm retired. I'm not running any more of these races, but you know, those races seem to energize him. You know, it's a little bit of extra track time and the cars are way different now, but it's still more track time, more comfort, more familiarity. Um, you know, he's going to be tough to beat in those races. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, we we know I think Colleague last year, to me, Pete, was a little, they weren't the team they had been a year before. And I don't know if that was adding the cup teams, kind of set them back a little bit. But as the year went on, I thought they got better. And, and I think that, again, you put Kyle Busch in those cars, no reason to believe they can't be 
contending for championships again. And, and, and hey, that, he can raise the whole program, right? I think so. I mean, when you look at that 10 car there, you know, so basically Kyle pulled a Tom Brady, right? I'm retired or no, I'm coming back. So he's coming back. He's going to do the five races there. He's also going to do five races for Kyle Busch Motorsports on the truck side as well, which is something he's been doing. But I do think that 10 car at Colleg Racing, A.J. Allmendinger is going to run some races there in addition to his full-time cup deal as well. Those are potent race cars. And I think, in my opinion, I, I like that NASCAR let the cup drivers be in the series, but limited a little bit of what they can do based on what they did before. And when you think about it, five races for Kyle Busch, I think it's going to help Colleg, and I think it's going to help the Xfinity Series for sure. So what are we thinking now? 250 wins overall for uh, Kyle Busch now? Is that, that, does that become his goal? Is that uh, the ceiling now? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? That's a good question. He certainly doesn't show any signs of slowing down anytime soon. Yeah, absolutely. All right. When we come back, uh, kind of a disappointing message for Todd Gilliland. And also, you know, you talk about Todd Gilliland and what's going on with him, Landon Castle. Sponsorship still matters, doesn't it? Stay with us. Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer. And again, airfare. What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? Low-cost airlines. With one call to low-cost airlines, you'll drastically slash your travel costs. We're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations. Where would you like to go? London, Rome, Costa Rica, Australia? Wow, that's cheap. So why wait? Call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the U.S. or international. Our prices are so low, we can't publish them. The only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airlines travel. It's that easy. So call now and start packing. 800-218-4909. 800-218-4909. Again, that's 800-218-4909. We've got more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters in a moment. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network. And start rolling them here at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. The green flag flies at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. We're about to contest the Coca-Cola 600. We're racing at Texas Motor Speedway. Now Keselowski goes way up the racetrack. Here comes Harrison Burton. He rockets to the lead. Trouble. Car goes around. It's Chris Buescher. Joey Logano battles to the outside. They come back to the start finish line. Bubba Wallace looks inside. And now here's Byron. Takes a quick left to block him. They head back to one. Here goes Ross Chastain. He's going to the bottom of the racetrack. Bubba goes up. Blaney hits the outside wall off of turn two. Can Christopher Bell do anything with him? He gets down to the bottom of the racetrack. Frisco dives to the bottom of the racetrack side by side. They get loose. They spin. Now Tyler Reddick does the 360. So does Frisco. Heading into turn number seven as he wraps it around. The crowd is cheering for Daniel Suarez here on this final lap. Oman Digger gets into Alex Bowman. Ross Chastain back out to the front for the final time. This is PRN. Follow at PRN Live on Twitter for show news and information. Now more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters with Brett McMillan. Hey, welcome back along with Pete Pistoni from Sirius XM NASCAR Radio and Tom Jensen from the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Brett McMillan, glad to have you with us. I, we talked about it going into the break, Pete. Sponsorship still matters. Todd Gilliland thought he had a full-time ride again this year with Front Row. 
And now they come up and said, well, no, uh, Zane Smith's going to come in and, and drive some races, so you're not going to have the whole season. Landon Castle just went through the same thing about a month ago with Colleg in the 10 car in the Xfinity series. He lost his ride when he thought he had a full-time ride again this season. It's tough, but, you know, the, the greenbacks drive the sport. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, even with the next-gen cup car sort of bringing down the business model in terms of the cost of doing business on the cup side, it's really expensive. It's going to keep going up. Same thing on the Xfinity side, as you mentioned, Brett. I mean, the deal with, with Gilliland, that's a tough one. I mean, Todd Gilliland completed the third – he was third on the list of most laps completed last year. Michael McDowell's teammate had the most laps completed last year in the series. And, you know, Zane Smith is, is a guy that's on the Ford radar for sure. So I think there's part of that. Ford's really high on Zane. So it's unfortunate for him that, you know, six races are taken off of his schedule and we'll see what he can do in those other races and we'll see what Zane does. But, you know, Denny Hamlin this week, you know, Denny's doing a podcast this year. It's on the Dirty Mo Media, Dale Jr.'s uh, uh, production company. And he, this past week, talked really much in detail, guys, about the business of racing and the cost of doing business and how important this next media rights deal is going to be with NASCAR in a couple of years and how the teams need more money to keep funneling the money into these teams because they can't do it alone on sponsorship, Brett. But certainly, sponsorship is the lifeblood of this sport, and a couple of guys, unfortunately, one up on the other end of that going into the season. Yeah, I, you know, the thing is, Tom, for these guys, you, you can't sit there and, and, and kick your feet and scream and yell. It's just go out there, do the best job you can because, you know, hey, in Todd Gilliland's situation, he's still got a ride, and as long as you're still walking around the garage area – People will notice you. That's true. And this really isn't a totally new phenomenon. I mean, sponsorship has driven this sport for many, many years. The thing that's different is, you know, in the old days, you had the Tide car, you had the Budweiser car, you had the Valvoline car, you had the this car, the that car. Now you see so many deals where it's three races or six races or eight races, or ten races, and it makes it much more complicated for the teams, makes it more complicated for the drivers and the sponsors, and it, it's tough to build the kind of brand loyalty and identity that you had when one company sponsored a car for the whole year. It, it's just a different dynamic. Not saying it's better or worse, but it's different. Well, and I know in this past week you had, uh, I guess, uh, Wendy's is going to be on. Uh, I'm trying to think who they announced. Noah Gregson. No, yeah, right, with Noah Gregson and Bubba Wallace has got a deal with Walmart, mm -hmm. and it's kind of a. I don't know if it's a direct. It's one of those that kind of like the uh, the JTG Doherty folks have with Kroger, where it's not necessarily Kroger's paying all the money, but Kroger may put a sponsor, you know, one of their products on there that, that you know for for better shelf space you know, the way those deals sometimes work. So it's out there and, you know, a Walmart <coughs> to be on a car, you know, it, that's a pretty recognizable sponsor. Same thing with Wendy's Pete. And then the, those are, it's good to see him, but to Tom's point, you know, a couple races a year, it would be nice to have them there full time, but that's also a huge budget. No doubt. I mean, and Tom's right. It's not better or worse. It's just what it is. But the days of having one sponsor for the whole season, you know, Denny Hamlin's got that for FedEx. Jimmy Johnson had it for Lowe's. And Kyle Busch didn't even have it for M&M's because Interstate Batteries was on the car. All these longtime sponsors. So the teams have to figure out a way to sort of have this rotisserie. It does – I mean, it makes sense business-wise. It's it's a little difficult from the consumer side. 
because you turn on a race and before you'd be able to just know exactly who was in what car because of the colors on the car and the logo on the car. But now it's a little more difficult. The car numbers are there a little further up on the upside than they <laughs> used to be. But I, I, teams have to do what they have to do. I think the bright side of what you just brought up, right, is companies, and I think 2311 has done a really good job at this, bringing in some new companies that hadn't been in NASCAR before. Instead of just one team cannibalizing sponsors from another team, which still goes on, they've been really good about bringing in different companies, DoorDash, Columbia Sportswear, those kinds of things. And so that keeps happening, even though it's not a full season, and it's three races, six races, nine races, I still think that's a good thing for these race teams. Well, and one of the interesting things is going to be watching what happens with FedEx. You know, they're, as you guys talked about, full-time sponsor with Denny Hamlin, and I believe this is the last year in their contract, and we know that Hamlin's nearing the end of his career. So, I mean, are the, and they were with Joe Gibbs before Denny Hamlin was there. I think it was Jason Leffler was on that car. It was in that car, right? Bobby Labonte was in that car, too, for, right. for yeah. a little while. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's definitely going to be interesting. And, and you know, how many, how many sponsors are you going to have to get to replace FedEx, whether it's this cycle or they re-up and it's in three or four years? You know, nobody's going to – my guess would be very few companies are going to be in the position to write a check the size of what FedEx writes every year. So it, it'll be interesting to see. Yep, it's a it's a different age. What are we hearing about that, Pete? Anything at this point? Well, it's the chicken or the egg, right? Is FedEx connected to Joe Gibbs Racing, to your point, Brett, or is FedEx connected to Denny Hamlin? And listen, my opinion is at some point, Denny Hamlin's going to end his career driving for the race team that he co-owns with Michael Jordan. I don't know how soon that's going to come. I don't know anything. I just feel the guy's 42 years old. He still, he still wants to drive. I just think it makes sense for him, business-wise, to go drive for the team that he co-owns. And if that's the case... Does FedEx go with them or does FedEx stay in the sport? And and I think there's a good return on the investment. They wouldn't be here as long as they have been if they're not seeing that. Do they then stay with Joe Gibbs Racing? Because, you know, to your point, they have sponsored other drivers there. So that's going to be an interesting. And I, I think to me, when 2025 comes along and the next media rights deal goes into effect after the current one with Fox and NBC, some of this money uh, we're talking about here get, kind of gets straightened out. I think that's where you're going to see some of these moves take place. All right. When we come back. We're going to check with Tom and see if you're going to be in the Charlotte area, what you can find going on at the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Stay with us. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. When you need auto parts, O'ReillyAuto.com is just a few clicks away. We offer convenient options for you to get your parts quickly. Order online and pick up for free at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store. We'll even bring it out curbside. Or you can have your parts delivered right to your door with free shipping on most orders over $35. Visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts Make your plans now to stay at the South Point Hotel Casino and Spa next March when NASCAR returns to Las Vegas. They have great race ticket and room packages for you to choose from. The South Point also features a wide variety of excellent dining options at 11 different restaurants. Or you can enjoy the 16-screen movie complex and visit the 64-lane bowling center. Visit southpointcasino.com and make your reservations today. Stay with a racer. Stay at the South Point Hotel Casino and Spa. More of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters in a moment. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network. Hi, this is PRN's Brett McMillan. You know, you don't spend your life just sitting around, so what you need is PRN's mobile app. 
By downloading the mobile app, you can listen to our live race broadcast from anywhere. Make sure you don't miss a second of the action from the track. If you download it today, you get station listings and on-demand access to your favorite studio shows like Fast Talk, Pit Reporters, or Garage Pass. Get all the latest racing information at your fingertips with the PRN mobile app. Download today. Available at the Apple App Store and on Google Play. Get your NASCAR fix with PRN's Garage Pass. This car puts on really good shows at you know mile and a half, two mile tracks, and I expect nothing less. Obviously, it's not the spot we want to be in. We'd love to have a win by now and feel like we should have, but it's just been one of those seasons where when we have cars good enough to win, we haven't done all the other things right. I feel like it's going to be an opportunity to win and feel like you know it's an opportunity to win at home as well. So want to take advantage of both of those things. Hi, I'm Mark Garrow, tracking the latest racing news every weekday. Download our free mobile app to listen to the show and more great PRN content on the go. Now back to the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters. And welcome back with Tom Jensen from the NASCAR Hall of Fame, Pete Pistoni from Sirius XM NASCAR Radio, Brett McMillan, glad to have you with us. If you're going to be in the Charlotte area over the next uh, couple of months, I know they got some great things going on at the Hall of Fame, including you can look at the displays for the uh, newest inductees. For the newest inductees, Kirk Shelmerdine, Herschel McGriff, and Matt Kenseth. By the way, Herschel, I hear Herschel, you know, Herschel McGriff stole the show oh, yeah. at the induction ceremony. Oh, oh, yeah. He's 95 years old. He's got more energy than somebody who's 25. He's an amazing character. I love uh-huh. I love his opening. What was it opening line? My speech won't be long. Most of the people I have to thank are dead. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, he, you know, and somebody always brings up, you know, he once dated Marilyn Monroe. Um, so, so. We've, we've got artifact cases and cars for them. We also have, for the first time in three years, a new Glory Road to coincide with NASCAR's 75th anniversary. We call it, appropriately enough, Glory Road 75 years. And in years past, we've had one theme. We had Dale Earnhardt Jr. champions with all cup champions. We had Glory Road icons. This, because of NASCAR's 75th anniversary and so many topics to cover we kind of designed it so every car would be its own theme. So we have cars from eight different series, including for the first time ever, a, a Pinty series car from Canada. We have the championship car from um, Toyota's first championship in the old goodies dash series. We have, you know, the, the Petties and the, and the Earnhardt's and the Gordons and the Johnson's like you would expect. But we have of the 19 cars on Glory Road, the guys who drive them have won a collective 55 NASCAR championships, uh, 729 cup races. Wow. And yeah, that's a crazy number. I mean, I went through an Excel spreadsheet and added it up about five times to make sure the number was correct. So we got a a lot of different things. We have one of Adam Petty's Bush Grand National cars in there. So we were able to pay tribute to him. So it, it, it's something very different than we've ever done before, but we're very excited about it. And um, we also have a Daytona 500 viewing party for people who want to show up. Uh, we have a 279-seat theater, and you can come in and watch the race live. I'll be there with my son, John. And John is way more popular than I am. And he's, uh, um, I hear you. He's, he's the star of the show, but we'll be there on Sunday so I'm very much looking forward to it. 
All right, uh, Harold Hamrick, our head engineer, says that you've got, he wants more details on the Marilyn Monroe dating Herschel McGriff thing. <laughs> uh, details are sketchy, but I, I will say this. I went to his daughter's house to pick up some artifacts, and there was a life-size cardboard stand-up of Marilyn in there. That was not included in the case. but um, um, So this is a true story. Apparently. Apparently, he... Uh, uh, you know, he, he is somebody who is uh, the NASCAR equivalent of the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> you know, he won a 2,200 mile Mexican road race when he was 22 years old, drove the car from Oregon to Mexico, drove it 2,200 miles each way in the race, drove it back to Oregon. And then a few months later, drove it to Darlington and finished ninth in the first Southern 500. I mean, that's crazy and he he told me he said i slept in the car of course the cars were big enough you could sleep in them back then he said i didn't want to spend the money for a motel back then and i said well how much was it he goes it was seven dollars and fifty cents a night he goes i'm not spending that (laughs) okay and what what was the story pete he was talking about that what what was he in when he was in high school or junior high school he was the only one that had a car including the teachers yeah (laughs) <laughs> he was the only guy that could drive a car, including the people that were teaching him. It, it's a it's a great story. The, the Hall of Fame ceremony, Tom, and, and you left out the best part, Tom, when you go to the NASCAR Hall of Fame, selfies with Winston Kelly. Don't forget uh-huh. that. Go there, right? <laughs> but, I mean, you guys do a great job, and that was a really a great ceremony this year. And, and you're right. Herschel stole the show, you know, with, with what he's done over the years here. And, well, he's been offered a car, right, as we all know, when he turns 100. So we'll see if he gets back behind the wheel before it's all said and done. You know, he, he still goes on the Kyle Petty charity ride every year. Yeah. And he's on a three-wheeler now instead of a two, two-wheel two motorcycle. But I, I think in 95, that's okay. Yeah, yeah that's okay. We'll, we'll let him have that one. Uh, before we take a break, I did want to talk about uh, Steve uh, – Let's see. Uh, Steve O'Donnell has been talking with the Sports Business Journal, Pete. And, you know, last week at, at the uh, race at the Coliseum, the head of the Fontana said basically that we're going to be shut down for two years while we turn the two mile track into a short track. And so that's led to a lot of speculation what's going to happen in the LA market over the next couple of years. How are they going to handle it? Well, O'Donnell now says basically they're really not sure what they're going to do in the LA market. It's up for evaluation. And what Adam Stern, our friend from the sports business journal says that he says, NASCAR hasn't yet officially committed to going through with this plan to develop a short track at Fontana. They're still assessing the situation. So what, what is going to happen out there at Fontana? Are they going to go through with this thing or not? You know, it's interesting, right? Cause that racetrack is exactly in my, in my opinion, at the point where Atlanta was a couple of years ago, the race, we know the racing's great. The drivers don't want them to do anything to the surface. I expect a good race when we get out there for the West Coast swing after Daytona, but they've got to do something. They've got to do something. If you repave the racetrack, we all know you're probably committing yourself at two miles to maybe two, three years of not that great racing until that racetrack cures with the asphalt. So do you go big and do something different like Atlanta did and basically turn that track into a hybrid super speedway? But I'm hearing the same things that, that you are, Brett, and maybe the short track idea for a lot of different reasons, isn't going to happen out there. NASCAR wants and needs a presence in Southern California. I would be shocked if the Coliseum doesn't happen next year. They've got an option for a third year. I still think that even though maybe the novelty has worn off a little bit, 
They still had almost, what, three and a half million people watch that race on Fox on that Sunday night. I still think that's good enough, and the crowd was good enough. But the long-term plan in Southern California, because they're not going to race at the Coliseum as a points race, that's impossible, I think. That's going to be interesting to see what happens. And, you know, the other part of that story with Steve O'Donnell and Adam Stern is other cities have contacted NASCAR about trying to bring cup racing to some of these big metropolitan areas, like I'm going to have here this summer in Chicago with the street race. New York wants to have a race. Is that a stadium race at the Meadowlands? Is that a street circuit race? There's going to be a lot of options on the table, but Southern California is very much up, up, for, up for grabs right now. We'll be interested to see how that plays out. I think the other piece of the whole Fontana thing, and Tom, you used to live out there, It is it Fontana, it's in L.A., the greater metropolitan area, but it's not anywhere close to downtown L.A. It's, it's what, 45 miles outside of downtown L.A., and I don't know that the people who live out in that area ever go into downtown LA very much or vice versa. So I think more vice versa. <laughs> more vice, and, and regardless, land is incredibly valuable. And that was part of this whole package was they were going to, you know, build a short track there and sell off part of the land. So this is, this was a whole huge package that, you know, had a couple of elements to it. Well, that that's true and what they ultimately decide to do there remains to be seen i mean if steve o'donnell's saying we don't know yet we're not committed to it i take him at his word um i do think to pete's point that they absolutely need a presence in southern california and, and you go back to the early years of auto club they were always trying to drag celebrities out to out from LA and it, it, it always kind of felt kind of awkward. You, you know, they, they don't LA and the inland empire, which is where the area at Fontana is, are really two dis, very distinct markets. And I don't know that you're ever going to make it a true LA race. And I mean, why else would they be racing in Los Angeles? If they thought Fontana was satisfying all their needs with the Los Angeles market, they wouldn't have the clash in Los Angeles, right? Yeah. I mean, yep. it, it's going to be interesting, but it, it it just surprised me to hear OD say that, Pete, a week after we're hearing the head of the track saying, we're going to be shut down for the next two years while we start this construction. Yeah. And, you know, it's uh, we hear it all the time from, you know, our listeners on, on Sirius XM NASCAR radio. We want more short tracks. Fans do. I do. I'm sure maybe you guys do. The drivers do. And uh, have that sudden turn there. It's going to be interesting to see well, what happens out there. I think NASCAR's, NASCAR's in this era, though, about bringing people or bringing the racing to the people. You know, you, you mentioned Fontana. It's kind of the same scenario I have here in Chicago. Chicagoland Speedway, nice racetrack. 65 miles southwest of downtown Chicago. The Chicago street circuit race is smack dab in the middle of the city. You're going to get a different audience as that, just like they got at the Coliseum in LA versus Fontana. Now, Pete, since you're in Chicago, what is happening with that track? I've heard all sorts of different things about it was going to be plowed down and made into a, a, a business park. And then, no, it's not. It's going to be back. What's, what's the latest on Chicagoland? Right now, the oval and everything is intact. They've sold off some of the land. The drag strip is actually going to operate this year, Route 66 Dragway, which is adjacent to the track. They're going to have right. an NHRA event. They're going to do a, a motocross event there around the oval track. And so 
the land is still there. The track is still there. There's still hope, you know, here. It springs eternal, right, this time of the year, that they might go back. I can't see NASCAR going back there, but I talked to Scott Paddock, the track president out there, and he still thinks there's an opportunity at some point to maybe bring some big-time auto racing to that racetrack. So we'll see if that turns out that way. Uh, and I think the, the whole Chicago street race to me is, is if this works, it's the proof of concept. And now you can look at Seattle and Denver places. You don't have Houston. races, Houston and, and well, and maybe even more importantly, the New York city market. And there's a lot of talk about them wanting to be in the New York city market, whether it's the Meadowlands or wherever that up in that area. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, and yeah, obviously the, the, the audience is going to be different. There'll be some diehard race fans there, but there's going to be new fans there. And that's part of the appeal of what NASCAR is trying to do here. I'm telling people here in Chicago, it's Lollapalooza meets the Daytona 500. If that doesn't sell a ticket, I don't know what does, guys. <laughs> there you go. You're, you're selling an event, not yes. a race. Right. Yep, exactly. All right, when we come back, we'll take a closer look at this weekend's Daytona 500. Stay with us. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war among the major term life companies. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man age 45 non-tobacco user. $1 million of coverage is only $75 per month, level for the next 10 years. Or a man age 50 non-tobacco user can buy a half million dollars of coverage for a monthly premium of only $110. Guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. That's right, level rates for 20 years. And if you're a smoker, we have great rates for you as well. At the Term Lifeline, we specialize in policies of a half million dollars and above. So if you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call right now for a free quote. Rates and availability may vary by state. Sample rate quotes are based on preferred not tobacco underwriting exam required to qualify. 800-807-1981. 800-807-1981. 800-807-1981. That's 800-807-1981. Brett McMillan returns with his guests in just a moment. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network. Start your engine! Chastain in turn one drives it in deep to the bottom of the racetrack. He'll slide up in front of William Byron. Three wide now, down the back stretch, into the bottom of three. Side by side, down the front stretch. One lap to go here in Vegas. Larson with a nose out in front of Bowman down the Nellis straightaway. They stay door to door, side by side. Bowman at the bottom. He slides up in front of Larson. Larson with the crossover. He's out of time. Here goes Ross Chastain. He's going to the bottom of the racetrack. Now we've got a half a dozen cars sliding through the infield grass. Noah Gregson is fun, but they are still side by side for the lead. Allmendinger's got the advantage on the inside of the turn three. When the NASCAR Cup Series races at Las Vegas, Atlanta, Circuit of the Americas, Bristol, Dover, Charlotte, Sonoma, Nashville Super Speedway, New Hampshire, and Texas, it's right here on PRN, the Performance Racing Network. Allmendinger gets jumped out of the way by Kevin Harvick. Harvick goes to P1 with Elliott. Get your short track racing fix with PRNs at the track. Visit GoPRN.com. Now, more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters. Hey, welcome back. Along with Pete Pistoni from Sirius XM NASCAR Radio and Tom Jenta from the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Brett McMillan, glad to have you with us. All right, uh, Pete, we talked about Daytona just a little bit earlier. You know, at the Coliseum this year, 
we knew it was going to be a little more physical than it had been last year because the, well, the supply was there for one reason, but Daytona, the 500 is not a race you look at and say, we expect it to be more physical than it was a year ago because the parts and pieces are there this time around. Are the guys, I mean, do you think guys will be more aggressive this year? And especially knowing what we saw last year with the number of different winners that just winning the Daytona 500 may not get you in the playoffs? I think so, Brad. I really do. And when you know, when you think back at this week that's going to lead to the 500, what we're going through here, you only had you know, two qualifying laps Wednesday night, the dual races, 50 minutes of practice on Friday, 50 minutes of practice on Saturday, and that's it. So I think part of that is going to be when you get in the in the race condition, you might have to do some things that maybe you didn't have to do. And I do think the aggressiveness will go up. I don't think it'll get reckless until the end. We all know that. When in the last few laps, all hell usually breaks loose there. But I, I do think you're going to see it. And I'm not so sure it's in the back of their minds. They know that you know they've got a race car as a backup that they maybe didn't have last year. But I just think the nature of this race has gotten to the point with these race cars, and to your point, getting into the playoffs and it meaning so much these days. And you can also, you know, just kind of check that box in the first race of the year, year if you can do that. I think we're going to see an aggressive 500 Sunday afternoon. And and like we spoke of earlier, two years ago with McDowell, last year with Sindrick, if you win the Daytona 500, you are a Daytona 500 champion for life. Every time you have a speaking event, you're going to be introduced as a Daytona 500 winner. Every time you have a you know, a fan event or a sponsor event. This is the single biggest race in NASCAR. You know, we saw Austin Dillon run over um, Eric Almirola a few years ago to win that race, and unapologetically so. And, you know, people will do whatever it takes, and that includes some pretty aggressive contact in the last lap or two. We saw it last year, too. Yeah, it is. How aggressive do you think maybe a Ryan Blaney or a Martin Truex Jr. or a Brad Keselowski would be, you know, coming off a turn four if they've got a shot at it, knowing what last year was like? Huge. I mean, again, the bottom line is everybody knows that's what you have to do. And, you know, I still think there is a line. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the bull in the china shop approach, you know, and the whole, well, I did what I had to do kind of approach to things. But in this race, the aggressiveness is what you have to do to get the position, to get the spot, to get the win. And if it comes down to the end, and it probably will, I don't think anyone is going to be apologetic about going out there and being as aggressive as they as they have to be to get a get a win and put their name in the record books as a winner of the great American race. And and let's face it, the guys who don't win will know it's coming anyway. They'll know somebody is going to get aggressive at the end. Maybe lots of somebody's at the at the end, you know, nobody's going to be surprised if there's a 15 car pile up on the last lap. And so, you know, the, what's the best way to avoid a wreck? Be out in front, you know, be ahead of it. And, uh, you know, I, I just don't see a situation where people aren't going to be elbows up and foot to the floor. What are the chances we see a rookie win again this year, Pete? Well, if you had asked me this a year ago, I would have said zero to none, and look what happened with Austin Cedric <laughs> winning a race. Let's remember, you know, by by definition, Noah Gregson and Ty Gibbs are rookies yeah. this year. Yeah. They both have a lot of experience, right? So when you just say that, I don't know. It's certainly not out of the realm of possibility 
that Noah Gregson in a Chevrolet with Legacy Motor Club and Ty Gibbs, obviously with a Toyota and Joe Gibbs Racing, could follow Austin Cindric as another rookie to win this race. So I'm not going to completely dismiss that possibility on Sunday. You feel the same way, Tom? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, this is a race anyone can win. And you look at some of the winners in recent years, you, you know, we, we go back, we mentioned Trevor Bain. Heck, go back, um, you know, 33, 34 years. Derek Cope won this race. There's it, so much of this is right place, right time, and just being fortunate enough to avoid the calamity. Um, I don't know how you handicap this race. I truly don't. I, I would I would hate to be an odds maker because uh, anything can happen, and it will. It's amazing when you think about the greats in this sport and how many years, if they won the race, you know, think about how many years it took Earnhardt to win, how many years it took Waltrip to win. And, you know, and Pete, you talked about the guys earlier who have never, you know, who never won. Wallace and, you know, and then, you know, Kyle Busch has never won it. I mean, this, you, you go down, it's just, it's amazing that the, some of the greats in the sport, Tony Stewart never won this race or have never won this race or how many years it took them to win this race. Yeah. And that's why this is such a great way for NASCAR to start the season. I mean, we say it all the time in the business that we're in, right? I don't really root for drivers or teams. We root for stories. There are so many stories that are going to play them, play themselves out on, on Sunday. Guys that have never won it have been there so many years. The freshman guys you just talked about teams that are starting over and, and all of that. So I, I think it's, you know, it's just a perfect way to start the year. I, you know, I've been doing this now 25 years for me professionally. I know you guys have been in it for a long time as well. I still get pumped up and energized because we start the year with the biggest race of the season. And I, I think this year is going to be a pretty good Daytona 500. Yeah. Thanks for reminding us how old we are. Yeah, Appreciate I know. That. Sorry about that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> when we come back, white flag lap, stay with us. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your engine with Syntec Full Synthetic Motor Oil at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Syntec is designed for today's engines to dissipate heat and reduce friction and wear. Get five quarts of Syntec Full Synthetic and a MicroGuard Select oil filter for just $33.99, plus two times O Rewards points. Choose Syntec, available exclusively at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Whether your engine runs daily or only when you need it, C-Max Micro Lubricant is the force you need against carbon buildup that can damage your engine. Combustion causes carbon and other harmful deposits to build up on your engine, fuel system, and transmission. And carbon is like sandpaper rubbing against your engine's internal parts. You don't want that. You want Z-Max Micro Lubricant. It soaks into metal and keeps your vehicle running at peak performance. Find out more at ZMAX.com or visit us on Facebook and Twitter. Protect your engine to the max with Z-Max. There's more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters still to come. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network. NASCAR returns to Austin March 24th through the 26th with more entertainment and more fun, including a concert by Darius Rucker. The Echo Park Automotive Grand Prix will be a 20-turn battle featuring fancy footwork mandatory and body blows guaranteed. In the end, grit and determination earns a star. His stripes. Will it be Elliott, Chastain, Suarez, or another? Y'all in? Tickets at NASCAR at Coda.com. 
This April, NASCAR roars back to the Monster Mile at Dover Motor Speedway, April 28th through the 30th. It's a weekend of fun for everyone. See NASCAR's best battle the monster. Bring the whole family to Big Bounce America, the world's largest bounce house. And so much more free fun for everyone. The best fan zone with concerts, autograph sessions, and never-ending tailgates. Be there live and in person at the edge of your seat, April 28th through the 30th. Get tickets at DoverMotorSpeedway.com. That's DoverMotorSpeedway.com. Check out all of our show pages on GoPRN.com to find archived shows and more. Now, back to the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters with Brett McMillan. And welcome back. It's time now for our White Flag Laps. And first up, from Sirius XM NASCAR Radio, it's Pete Pistoni. All right, well, no matter what, every year people tell me make predictions. I don't like to make predictions because I'm always bad at predictions, but I'm going to do it anyway. Go big or go home, guys. I think Kyle Busch is going to win the Daytona 500 on Sunday, his first race officially with Richard Childress Racing. And let's fast forward all the way down to Phoenix, the championship four. I'm calling Denny Hamlin to win his first cup championship in 2023. You guys can call me later to tell me that I'm wrong, but those are my predictions right now. All right, we're marking it on the on the well, I'd say tape, but we don't have tape anymore. We're marking it on the computer, All and right. we're going to remember that. All right, you are going out on a limb. <laughs> Next up from the NASCAR Hall of Fame, Tom Jensen. Those are a couple bold choices. I I, I applaud you, Pete. Um, to me, the the gist of the Daytona 500 goes back to the very very first race in 1959. Lee Petty wins it. The winner isn't determined until three days afterwards from a um, photograph from T. Taylor Warren, um, who's our Squire Hall Media Award winner at the Hall of Fame this year. And that, to me, is the joy and the beauty and the drama of the Daytona 500. You have no idea what's going to happen. Pete might well have hit on it that Kyle Busch wins, but we're not going to know until the last lap, and we're going to be on the edge of our seats for most of 200 laps on Sunday. I'll look forward to it. Hey, well, well said. Did you see how bad that crowd was? Well, it's not going to be an issue this week because Daytona sold out. But in no other sport that I watch have I covered or have I covered are fans more obsessed with attendance than some NASCAR fans. In fact, I'm not sure they're even looking at the racing action. I think that they're spending more time looking at the stands trying to count empty seats. And here's the part I really don't get. The more they find, the more joy they seem to get out of it. Why? Are they old school fans hoping that poor attendance in these new places will force NASCAR to move the whole schedule back to its southeastern roots? Well, that horse left the barn a long time ago, and the barn burned down. TV <laughs> is the driving force in sports these days, and full stands look really good on TV and bring an air of excitement through to folks watching at home in every single event. And when folks at home are engaged, it's a win for everybody. Perspective is also important. Two weeks ago at the LA Coliseum, if it was 60% full, that was around 40 to 50,000 people. That's a pretty good number. Yeah, but they've sold out North Wilkesboro for the All-Star Race, you say. Well, they have, and it's going to look great. Having all 24,000 seats filled, it's perspective. Daytona this week, as we said, it's sold out. Pete, I'm going to tend to agree with you. I think this is Kyle Busch's year. 
It'll be fun to watch. Pete, Tom, thanks all. Appreciate it. Enjoy the 500. We'll talk to you next week in the Raleigh Auto Parts Pit Reporters. The O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters on the Performance Racing Network was presented by O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network.